Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm Jeremy Verkley. Today's question is brought to us by Anna and Anna. Woo! Woo! And it's just talk about supervillains. Yeah. Talk about them supervillains. So thank you, Anna and Anna. <laughs> Multi-Anna. <laughs> Multi-Anna goodness. Yep. This thing is Ananas. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> I would continue making bad jokes. Yeah. It's the guys from podcast. That's yeah. going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, we have been sitting on this one for a super long time as it was, well. It was, in fact, twice on your list. It was on the list <laughs> twice from two different Annas. Yeah. One on the first page, which is literally from before the Lost Podcasts. Ah. So it's like Lost Podcast era, episode 50, we so, had this ask. So this is like a secret episode. Yeah, almost. <laughs> I'm Indiana Jonesing this shit. Yeah. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to go to a museum. No. It's going to your ear holes. Mm, your sweet, sweet ear holes. Sweet, sweet ear holes. That's where... No, I'm not going to make nope, that joke. don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you thinking about it. I'm like, mm-mm. Just going to take a sip of water instead. Good call. Yeah. So, I figure the way this will basically go is, let's say, first half, we'll just chat about supervillains we like. Sure. Do some supervillain talk. Go yeah. on tangents, as yeah. we do. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, and then second half... As is tradition on some of these random fun the guys from podcast things, I found a list of the worst and weirdest Marvel villains. Cool. On the internet, I have shown Jeremy only one of them. Yeah. And uh whenever somebody says like weird or worst villain, I always think of Polka Dot Man from Batman. Yeah, he's pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> but these are only Marvel. Only so Marvel. So Polka Dot Man different. is right out. Yeah. No <laughs> Polka Dot Man for us. Nope. Unless you want to talk about him right now. <laughs> nope. Polka Dot Man? Eh, polka dots. Yeah. He's a man. Did he do anything else? Yeah, he like took spots from off his suit and threw them at people. He's from the 60s, right? I don't know. Some of like 60s or 70s. He took... So did the spots do something? Did they capture him? Like the, the I think they had specific S. effects from like, depending on the color. Like the thing is... So he was a gadget character yeah. from somebody's like RPG. They were yeah. playing D&D. Yeah. They figured out a gadget character like, that would be a great villain. But, but Superman and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman would murder them, yep. so Batman. Batman. Yep. <sighs> Good old famous rogues gallery of Batman. Yeah. Polka Dot Man. The Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> the Riddler. And Killer Croc. So a guy who asks questions, yep. a guy who throws dots, and a human crocodile. Yeah. I'm pretty sure right. that's how they made Batman's villains. They were like, this won't work for anyone else. Batman. Yeah, Joker. No, he also would have been murdered straight, straight up, stopped and murdered probably yeah. by everybody else. Yeah, the Joker only worked because, like, you the Batman can't be aware of his surroundings. Yeah. Like if you if you if if he pulls anything like that on Superman, Superman can just hold his breath for five hours. So Joker gas will never work. Nope. And then. Any traps Batman can see through, unless everything is lead-lined, in which case, cancer for the Joker. Right. Um, Wonder Woman would literally just demolish everything. And stab. Yeah. And the Green Lantern would be like, hey, I have a power ring that destroys everything you do. Yeah. So. 
guess. Uh, willpower scuba suit. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? I have this gun that shoots a bang flag. That's not even dangerous. <laughs> Maybe if I stand too close to it, it could poke me. Is it yellow? <laughs> there is yellow on it and uh, red, yeah. so it's rage and fear. Ooh. <laughs> rage and fear combined for bad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so accurate as if we're just talking about Twitter. Mm-hmm. Rage and fear. Terrible jokes. Terrible jokes. Uh, okay, well, what is a supervillain that you like, Sean? I've always been a big Doctor Doom fan. Oh, yeah. I like Doctor Doom. I realize almost every... Spoilers to every Fantastic Four comic ever, but it's usually Doctor Doom comes up with a plan, Mr. Fantastic solves plan, yeah. stops Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, actually, Doctor Doom is most interesting when he's not involved with the Fantastic Four. Yes. Because when he's involved with the Fantastic Four, it's very much like, I'm a villain. That's all. Here's my plan. Here's my plan. Oh no, Mr. Fantastic is smarter than me and the thing is punching me. I am foiled. I'll get you next time. Gadget. I mean, Mr. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. Dr. Claus, Dr. Doom. Yeah. But worse. But worse. (laughs) Well, that's okay. Inspector Gadget's a way worse Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Penny's more Mr. Fantastic. She's the smart one that designs stuff. Yeah, uses but, her book. But Inspector Gadget can stretch his limbs. That's true. Together they form one fully functioning superhero. As long as they have brain to yep. do all of the work. Yep. <laughs> yep. So Dr. Claw or Dr. Doom? Doctor Doom, one hundred percent. Because Doctor Doom actually succeeds once or twice. Oh yeah, he's, which is well, nice. He succeeds a lot. The thing is that you don't see a lot of his successes because all his successes lead up to the successful implementation of whatever his plan is. Right. He's he's a multi-step planner. He's really good at it. He is. Steps one through five, they go smoothly. Steps six through eight, Fantastic Four. <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! Except for. Was it Doom War? Was that the one where it worked and he became the ruler? I don't know. There's a bunch of stories where Doom becomes the ruler. And it works? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm finally, I am a god on Earth. And then he realizes he doesn't want that. Yeah. I'm like, well. <sighs> or, you know, he becomes the actual god of the multiverse in Secret Wars 2. Yep. So there's a lot of times where he succeeds. And the thing about Doom is he's, he's kind of, he's not an anti-hero, but he's almost an anti-villain. In the fact Almost. that yeah, he has very real motivations, and truth be told, life for people in Latveria is not horrible. As long as you're fine with the totalitarianism yeah, side of it. Yeah, as long as you're not rebelling against doom, you're okay. Yeah, he takes care of the country. He does. So he's not. He's he's the perfect example of what if a supervillain who wanted to make the world better through maybe not very good means succeeded yeah right the thing is he's actually an effective administrator oh he really is he really is and it's grounded like you said it is grounded in a place like he is smart yeah but he was always coming up against mr fantastic yeah but he's still he's really smart and then his mom is stolen and taken to hell i mean she's a source really there's three things that make dr doom a villain instead of a hero one the mom thing yeah right so he needs to get power basically 
because that's his only solution is to outsmart and outmuscle Mephisto. Yeah. That's it. That's all that's, he's got. That's what he's got to do. That's what he's got to do. Second thing that makes Doctor Doom a villain. He loves Susan Storm. She don't love him. And he can't get over it. Yeah. Although they've... That's kind of waned. Yeah. I think as sort of... As the social mind of of our culture... Yeah. The United States and Canada has sort of expanded to be like... To be less like women are objects to be desired after. Because... When it was being published originally. Oh, yeah. Not that people explicitly thought that. No, but that was, it was just a pervasive part of the culture. That was. Exactly. So. That's why also Namor was an antagonist at the, because. Yep. But it's Historum. I don't care. You rule Atlantis. Yeah, man. Worse than Aquaman. But still. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the mock man? Also, you're a mutant question mark. Um, Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. So that's the second thing Mm -hmm. that makes Doctor Doom. Uh, a villain, and the third thing is that Doctor Doom is an egomaniac, and he cannot handle when somebody is better at anything than him. It's true. He cannot handle it. Although, have you read any of the Doctor Doom decides he's going to be Iron Man stuff? I haven't, but I re- I watched a video sort of doing a basic synopsis of it. It's what, not bad. No, it's not. Well, it's the thing is, what if Doctor Doom tried to redeem himself? Yeah, is the is the question it's, of that comic, which is an interesting it's the question. Story. Yeah, it really is. So, and his mom's involved. Yeah, I bet she's evil though. Kind of. It's it's clouded. I'm on Marvel Unlimited though, so I'm only three issues in, whereas it's further than that in. Yeah. Like if you're following the comic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, I think is is really high on a villain list. But this leads into the point that I was going to make is that sure. I generally like villains that are not villains they're just antagonists so they have a grounded purpose beyond i'm evil for evil's sake yeah they might not have a desire that like goes in line with basic more like standard morality right but they do have a morality they do have a purpose and maybe it's not even their purpose but it's their duty that drives them yeah so um i'm gonna bring up probably a lesser known villain Okay. But one that I really like, and one that's from a fantastic run on one of my favorite heroes, which is Iron Fist. Okay. Um, I am very not familiar with Iron Fist. Yeah, so... so uh, well, Iron Fist was good at one time, and one time only, and that is when he was paired with Luke Cage. Okay, right? yeah. When it was the Power Man and Iron Power Fist Man and stuff. Iron Fist stuff, like Heroes for Hire early days. That was all really good, but that's because that's a comic book all about camaraderie. Yeah. And it was really two characters that did not have a place in the current Marvel ma- landscape for what they were trying to do, that they stuck together, and through that outside adversity, they formed companionship. Yeah. And, and friendship. Um, and then they stopped doing that, and Iron Fist was kind of disappeared from Marvel for years. But he's back now. But he's back. And the thing that got him back was that uh, Matt Fraction uh, and David Aja uh, run on it, which is an amazing run. Like, if you haven't read that, you should read it because it's just great storytelling. Okay. And great art. Um, And it it really adds sort of to the mythology of the whole thing, which makes it so much more interesting. Okay. Um, Anyways, the villain that comes up in this, the antagonist, is called the Prince of Orphans. Um. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's revealed that uh, Kunlun isn't the only holy city. Okay. There's a bunch. There's seven cities, 
and they each have their own champion, and they hold a tournament every hundred years or whatever. I forget what the actual delineation of the time is, but um, basically whomever wins this tournament, uh, their city gets to connect to Earth. Oh. So they have influence over Earth, basically. And the reason why we've only heard about the Iron Fist up until now is because the Iron Fist has won every single time. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, so all of these immortal weapons, they're called, that's why it's called the immortal iron fist because they're called immortal weapons, um, sort of have different traditions and they're really interesting. Uh, there's fat Cobra, who's this big, like sumo guy, uh, who is like very charismatic and sort of comes from like, think Chinese opium den. Okay, sure. And, And you've sort of got where some of Fat Cobra's, like, aesthetic comes from. And stop thinking about Cobra Commander being fat? Yeah. Okay. Don't think about that. Um, you, just as a side note, though, that image is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's, uh, oh, frick, I forget what his name. Something Dog. Dog Brother. Dog Brother number nine or something like that. Or Dog Brother number one. Okay. Uh, and basically what he does is he goes out into the world and recruits orphans and takes them away and trains them so they become dog brothers. Oh, all right. And, and basically, the, the the dog brothers are not do not have special powers. They're just like tough orphans, basically. Sweet. Um, that grow up in this tradition. Uh, there's a couple of lady ones. There's ones with supernatural powers. And then there's the Prince of Orphans. Um, he's okay. actually the only immortal weapon that hasn't, like, he's he's like hundreds of years old. They're called immortal weapons, but really it's just a title that's passed down. Right. Like the Traditionally, Fistons. they're not immortal. Yeah, but Prince of Orphans is old, and he has these green smoke powers, and he's super powerful and super wise. Um, but the reason why he's an antagonist is because the previous Iron Fist, World War II Iron Fist, um, has basically avoided his duty. So there are two Iron Fists. And basic, if you avoid your duty and you're an immortal weapon, the Prince of Orphans comes after you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's his job. Fair so enough. basically, there's a lot of conflict, and eventually, the original World War II Iron Fist dies, right? Which is good. It's good for the Prince of Orphans, it's bad for Danny Rand, who is the current Iron Fist. Okay. That's what puts them in conflict, right? But then the Prince of Orphans also works behind the scenes and eventually uh, you come to realize as the reader and as Iron Fist that he's actually been working to overthrow a corrupt government in Kunlun that like prevents the entire populace from being equal citizens. Oh. So it's, it's really interesting reading the book. In the, in the initially you're like, oh, this is just like a monster of the week villain. Right. Who pretty much succeeded but in the end you're like oh wait no this is a part of the mythos and he might do bad things or things that uh, the protagonist doesn't agree with right but there are clear reasons for it and he's not actually evil he has like that's his duty he just has a purpose counter to the purpose of the protagonist so so that's the sort of villain that i really like and that's again sort of dr doom yeah, that's why sort he's, of. He's at his best when he's away from the Fantastic Four because he doesn't have to be that foil to Reed Richards. Yeah. 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 Also, I saw a really hilarious old panel of Doctor Doom, and it's this 
this hero comes in. I forget who it is, but Doctor Doom goes, "Ah, I see you found me, Doctor Doom." And then he says the superhero's name, and the superhero's like, "What are you recording? Like what you're saying right now? Why did you have to introduce me like that?" And Doctor Doom goes, "Yes, every word Doom says must be recorded for posterity." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's perfect. That's awesome." And Doom. That yeah, is definitely it's, Doom. It's the perfect play on his ego. Uh, it's a great joke. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of villain that I really like. Have you watched the Netflix Iron Fist? I haven't. Hmm. I haven't. Well, the thing is, I was getting hyped about it, because I do really like Iron Fist. Yeah, clearly. And then, and then um, people started really shitting on it. Yeah. And it, it took my hype. Okay. And I was not... We've talked about this before. Halfway through Daredevil, second season... I lost all my hype for those shows, so I haven't watched Luke Cage. I haven't watched uh, Iron Fist. Now, what do you think it was halfway through Daredevil? Uh, it's just, like we said before, it's not a... Keep in mind, there's always a new person to the podcast. That's true. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, the character motivations aren't interesting anymore. Yeah. What's the actual... What's the actual conflict that's going on? In Daredevil Season 1, there's real internal conflict and real external conflict. Yep. And it's with almost all of the characters. Yeah, um, almost. Yeah. The only even one who does, Foggy yeah, kind even of Foggy has Even Foggy kind of has it. I would say the one who's on the edge is Foggy. Yeah. Right? Um, and they use these interesting repeating vignettes like um, Matt Murdock with his priest mm-hmm. um, and Ben Urich with Karen. Uh that sort of provide these bookend notes and let the audience know the lesson that the character's learning. Uh, it's really good personal character-driven storytelling. Yep. And in the second season of Daredevil, you don't have that. Instead, what you have is a bunch of plot lines scattered apart. None of them are done really well. And but there's a couple important characters that just fall flat. But Elektra... She's there to be... Electra. Uh, uh, attractive, I guess. Well, here's, here's the thing. Yeah, punchy? Like, she's supposed to be enticing, and don't get me wrong, the actor that plays Daredevil does a great job of playing into that enticement. Oh, yeah. But the actress... Charlie Cox is just awesome. Yeah, though. the actress that is playing that, I don't find enticing at all as an audience member. So I don't, instead of connecting to what Matt Murdock's going through and being like, that's really tough, right? Um, she's just, she's I'm just like, coming across as mean yeah. and unpleasant. I'm just like, I don't understand why this is a choice for you. And manipulating you yeah. the entire time. Yeah, like it's very clear what she's doing. Yeah. And you've been a smart character this entire time. And yeah, you have a history, but that's not an excuse for going back to that relationship, which you have already labeled as unhealthy. Yeah. You know it's unhealthy. You've said so yourself. He's just blind to it. Yeah. But he's not, Sean. But he's not. <laughs> um, you know, and then also he learned the lesson that, you know, maybe he does need to include Foggy more. Yeah. On what's going on. It seemed like it. And then the that, entire season is just him shitting on Foggy. Again. Yeah. And, and uh, the court case with Punisher. Yeah. P.S. 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 There's also the Punisher stuff going on. Which, again, actor playing the Punisher, fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Great job, dude. Joe Barenthal. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Dude, like, you you did awesome. The writing of the Punisher, not that great. No. 
Not that great. Um, and, and not in, like, character dialogue or anything. In what he does. In his actions. Yeah. It's not out of Punisher character, though. No, it's, it's not. It's just not grounded well enough Well, it's in the series. It's to... late... 90s, early 2000s written Punisher, yep. where he was going through a lot of personal shit and therefore not making the optimal decision. Which, you know, I understand in storytelling you can't have somebody solve everything right away. Yeah. But he would never make a deal with Kingpin. No. Never, ever. Doesn't no. matter how much stress you've had, Frank Castle would rather die than make a deal with Kingpin. Yeah. Probably has. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's just, that's not sticking really to the ethos. And I understand they're trying to do like a gritty, more realistic version of everything. Yeah, but that still doesn't mean that he has to go counter to what his character would be in making a deal with Kingpin. Although Kingpin is not as villainous. He's actually a very good, in your term, of the villains that you like. No. The first the, season That's why the, the first D'Onofrio, season is so amazing. That Kingpin is great. And I always like Kingpin. He, he's the th- here's the thing. Even in the second season, that actor's still doing a great fucking job. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, doing a great job. But the, the, the linchpin that sort of throws everything off is how much focus there is on Karen and how she, she is suddenly so much more competent. Yeah. Like... It is the difference between three years of investigative training and just a random woman off the street, which is what she was in the first season. Yeah. So. Which worked really well. Yeah. And she was a great Karen. She was a great Karen. And then, like, this isn't even the actress's fault. This is, again, the writing. Um, this is the storyline that goes through. Um, so, yeah, that's why all the hype is gone. And now back to our scheduled programming about supervillains. <laughs> I, I, well, we, I folded in Kingpin. Yeah. And Punisher's an antagonist an sometimes. Ish. Well, I mean, Daredevil and Spider-Man in the comics often come up against the Punisher. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But are there any other villains that you think run that sort of... Magneto? Yeah, Magneto. Magneto for me is a little less so. Because they kind of folded him into a hero. Sure, but tra- the traditional Magneto of humans and mutants can't live together. I've yeah. already lived through persecution. Yeah. I have my reasons. This is the future. This is the way it's going to have to be. Yeah, well, history repeats itself. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> his concept and the idea he's working off of... Yeah isn't evil it's just counter to professor x yeah which they did very well in the movies as well where it's no, just like here's the that's difference. the one thing they've gotten right in almost every x-men movie yeah is it's a clash of ideology yep but um yeah i never i never liked magneto as much i guess probably because he's imperious but he's not like ridiculously imperious like dr doom is yeah that's fair He's like, I am mutant kind. And you're like, okay, step back a little bit. Right? Like, I understand you're a spokesperson, but uh, just uh, step off that jerk pedal for a second, Magneto. No, it's comfortable. (laughs) He has that hat. Hat makes him impervious to (laughs) thoughts. Mm. So he's safe. can do whatever he wants. What's that helmet made of? Nobody knows. It's not technology. It's a material. Yep. 
What the fuck, Marvel? <laughs> corn. Everything is made out of corn. Everything. That's why the professor never finds new mutants in, like, Tabor or <laughs> Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... It's because Cerebro's blocked by all that corn. Yep. That's why they had to fold the X-Men out and bring in humans up. Because they're like, <laughs> well, we're, we're screwed. The Big corn, corn has, its, has fingers in too much in America. Yeah. Um, and all that corn-based stuff. That's and... why they were killing off the X-Men. Yep. <laughs> Satisfy big corn. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I bad. seem to have stuck you on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm, th- I'm trying to think, like, what are other heroes that have those villains? And um, for a while, they did a good job in Spider-Man, uh, specifically in, like, the original Tobey Maguire movies before it got to three. Yeah. Of having villains that this was just stuff that was happening to people, and maybe they took it a few steps too far. Yeah, both the Willem Dafoe Green Goblin and Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus were grounded. They made sense. They did. Um, So I enjoyed those movies quite a bit um, because of the nuance that was there. Yeah. Green Goblin doesn't have a whole lot of nuance in the comics from no. what I've come across. He's no. just kind of... Well, there's the whole Dark Reign thing where they tried to take a Spider-Man villain in Norman Osborn and sort of blow him up to be an Avengers villain. Yeah. Maybe like Hammer? Was that the Hammer era yeah, yeah, where yeah. he's like, now I'm the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. and yes. now it's Hammer. Yes. And I have a suit stolen from Tony Stark and I will call it the Iron Patriot. Also, these drugs are keeping that Goblin persona under control. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Totally fine, you guys. Drugs. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work very well. No. Uh, I guess, following the Magneto vein, Venom is also uh, a, a, a villain that got folded into a hero. Yeah, it's Agent Venom Yeah, now? it's Agent Venom and it's Flash Thompson and he has no legs except for when he's in the Venom suit. Right. And they took him to the home planet and the symbiote got fixed, so now it's just all good. Good, great, 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 great. Um, but originally, like Eddie Brock was not a villain for villainy's sake. No, Eddie Brock just had a personal vendetta against Spider-Man. Yeah, because he's the worst. Because he's Spider-Man is the worst. He's he's just awful. He's a Spider-Man is a bad person. Yeah, he like, really legitimately is legitimately a bad person. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. <sighs> But hey, the new movie's apparently great. Yeah. So and that was said by a person who, who hates Spider Man more than both of us. Yes. Like hates Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, I think I think when they when they fold a villain like that into a hero, it becomes less interesting to me. Yeah. Right. Kind of. Like Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom will Venom. always be Doctor Doom. Yeah, and the new Iron Man, the Doctor Doom trying to be Iron Man thing, yeah. is really good. I'm enjoying it. But he's it. still Doctor Doom. Oh, yeah, he's still having to deal with the fact that everyone's like, but you're... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's still Doctor Doom, and not only that, he's totally willing to do things that other heroes wouldn't do. Oh, no. No, he is He is going to his contacts and straight up murdering them yeah. to stop them from doing bad things. Yeah, no, like, he's still not a great guy. He's not the person you want at a cocktail party. Well, maybe. Well, depending on the cocktail party. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's he's still kind of an evil dude. Yeah. 
but it's that hardline motivation. Yep. Right? That's making him do that. Not like, oh, now I'm a hero and I'm going to save people. Or I'm going to adopt my rival's ideology because I lost a bunch of times. <laughs> um, yeah, like those aren't those aren't interesting character transformations. Not really. To me. Um, Unless it comes from a good place. Yeah. Where it's just like, I have lost, maybe I'm wrong, and they reflect on it. Well, I th- and I then think change through reflection, okay? When you build a character that that's their sort of initial storyline, and I think the best example is Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Sure, yeah. Right, where they were like, oh, we're here doing this thing, and then their storyline, which was over the course of many, many comics, yeah. was eventually coming to terms with that they didn't want to do that and that they were kind of being used yep and it was time for them to make their own decisions yeah so so they do that's interesting yeah and i think that's why they have staying power as heroes yep scarlet witch more than quicksilver yeah but um that's interesting having someone written as a villain from the get-go and then being like oh he's popular People want comics about them, but we don't want to write a comic about a villain just doing bad stuff. Although that would be awesome. I'd read that. Yeah, I would read that Venom more than I. Yeah, you'd be more interested in Agent for the Venom, new one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I also like antagonists that are like I love Galactus. Okay, sure. But Galactus is not. He's not eating planets because he's like, I'm going to eat this planet. Mua ha 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 ha. Right? That's his duty in the cosmic space. Yeah. I mean, not anymore. Not in the very newest ones. Sure, but... But. Which I haven't read, so I can't really comment on. I'm going to eat this planet, because I'm going to eat this planet. Yeah. Go let them know. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure thing, boss. Sure thing. <laughs> um, but no, he, he does it because somebody has to. Yeah. Um, Planets aren't going to eat themselves. I forget what the reasoning is, but <laughs> there's a real reason why he does it. I remember. I Well, I remember there is. I just don't remember yeah, what, it, what is. it is. And not yeah. only that, Galactus doesn't go to just super populated worlds specifically and destroy them. No. He selects worlds. He sends out heralds. Yep. And the heralds can either be like, oh, this world is dead. Yeah, go ahead. Like, eat it. Eat or, it. this world has no purpose. Eat it. Right? Or they're like, oh, man. This society has stagnated and is falling into hedonism. Eat this planet. Yeah. <laughs> right? Solve their problems. Solve their problem. Kind with, of. Sort of. With eternity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's interesting to me as well. That's fair. Yeah. We should wander into DC for a bit. Okay. Because we just did spend a chunk of time on Marvel. Okay, go for it. Well, who do you like in DC? Um, well, my favorite actually, my favorite DC hero is The Flash. Okay. Um, so Gorilla Grodd. Uh, no, the thing is, I don't find almost any of the Flash villains interesting. But he's a gorilla named Grodd. Great. <laughs> Lives in a place called Gorilla City. Yeah. Lazy writing, DC. Uh, They're gorillas. They don't have to be imaginative. They just have to be strong. <laughs> They're gorillas that talk, man. Yeah. They have sentience. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. Don't all gorillas have sentience? Well, yeah. They're aware of self. Yeah, but higher than animal sentience. Okay. Yeah. 
They're they're basically humans in gorilla bodies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what what the reason why I like the Flash is because the when the Flash is a hero, he doesn't just care about the people he saves. He cares about the villains he's fighting. That's true. Um, that's just a really interesting dynamic for a hero. And I think there's this, a bunch of clips from the Justice League cartoon um, where they did a couple Flash-centric episodes. And he goes in and there's this villain at a bar and, like, I think it's O'Brien, one of the, like, no-name superheroes that was in that show, uh, is sees a villain in a bar and he's about to take him down. And somebody stops him and the Flash just goes up and he's like, hey man, you're wearing the suit again. And the guy's like, oh, I am. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> like, and he talks him down, he gets him to call his wife and call his shrink, and, like, that's it. The guy gives him the information he needs, and he's in a better place. Good. Um, and th- that doesn't seem like an exciting scene, but it is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, Not everything has to be exciting, as yeah. long as it's engaging. Exactly, and I think that's such a departure from most superhero stories. Yeah. Um, a lot of superheroes are defending humanity, but Flash is the only one that I've seen that actively shows it. That's true. My two favorites outside of Wonder Woman. So three favorite DC characters are Aquaman, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which is why I brought them up before, because mm-hmm. they're who I think of first at all times. Yep. But, like, most of Aquaman's villains are okay, but it's a conf- his, his conflict is half-human, half-Atlantean, so what's... He doesn't fit in anywhere, and who's yeah. he going to deal with, and what's he supposed yeah, he's, to do? Yeah, he's the and, X-Men in DC. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. But he's as strong as Superman, just underwater. Yep. And has shark friends. Shark friends! Coming to save the day! Also eat your fish friends. <laughs> Stupid fish friends. <laughs> Getting in the way of shark friends. Yeah. But, like, Black Manta fine yeah some of the uh, uh what's the name of the other tribe that's trying to destroy atlantis do you remember no i don't i've never read aquaman oh okay so, so i'm on my own you're on your own yeah the other so the villains are fine yeah green lantern sinestro's pretty great sinestro He's is by his own good. way yeah uh parallax is interesting yeah i'm not gonna get into the whole movie sucking no. And not working out just, what Parallax is. Let's just is. ignore it. Just ignore it. Great. So yeah, yeah, Parallax in the comics, fun. I love Atrocitus and Dexter. I actually like. I like the whole the whole spectrum of Green Lanterns. Uh, I think is really interesting. Okay. I think the expanded mythos of the Green Lanterns super interesting. So like the you mean expanding the color yeah. spectrum yeah. or the all of the different Green Lanterns? Okay. Yeah, expanding the color spectrum, like having Atrocitus there. Yep. Having Rage. Uh, the Yellow Lantern Corpse. Having, yep. um, I love that there's only one orange lantern. Yeah, because he's greed. Because he's greed. There's only Larfley's, one. That's what he's gonna do. Yep. That's it. Um, I love all that stuff. I think it's super interesting. Yeah, I really enjoy it. But for me, for me, Green Lantern. Other than that, has always been about like, oh, and we've added Green Lantern into this story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm more of a I've read. That's one of the first comics I started getting into. Our friend Derek yeah. lent me. He's like, here's all of Blackest Night, Brightest Day. Here's some of the Origins Green Lantern well, I mean, stuff. If, here's if other Green Lantern do stuff. Green Lantern, then that's where you start. In yeah. My, in my opinion, that's where you start. You ignore everything before that. Yep. And then just go from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, and, and the thing about it is that the new mythos is set up around antagonism, yep. not villainy antagonism. Yep. Because um, they have their reasons and they have their goals and their maybe their counter. Which is why, it. which is why sometimes the star sapphires or whatever they're called, I think it's yep. star sapphires. Yep, you're right. Um, are in conflict with the Green Lanterns. Yeah. Right. What do they represent? Love. How can love and will be antagonistic to each other? Oh, they can. There's really clever ways. Yeah, and it's well written. It's super well written. And um, although they do occasionally kind of drop the ball and they're like, uh, a uh, uh, monster inside the crystal. I yeah. don't know. Here. <laughs> well, I mean, you're never going to get rid of those stories in comic books. No. Um, never. But, sadly. Yeah, sadly. Um, but it's it's probably the mythos that interests me most now. Okay. In DC. Like, enough that I looked up Wikipedia articles on it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm an Aquaman guy. Yeah. Aquaman is just... Especially new. Yeah. From the time, even before the New 52, where Mm. it's like, I lost my arm. I'm going to just put a harpoon on there out of water and grow a beard Mm. and throw polar bears at jerks. (laughs) Yeah, for me, I guess the main reason I've never been super heavy into DC, and part of that is because I started in X-Men in the 90s. Uh, so I started in Marvel. Yeah. And the other part is that uh, DC to me has always tried to make this focus about how it's not a great world and here are these paragons defending it to try and make it better. Yep. Um which I we live in a not great world. I like yep. a certain amount of escapism <laughs> in my fiction. To be fair, living in Marvel's New York would suck. This is true, but they never focus on that. They only focus on that specifically with characters that are built to focus on that. Yeah. Um, it's not a regular part of every single book. No, just every single movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, just every single movie. Yeah. But movies are different than books. Yes, they are. It's a different medium. Yeah. Because DC's books, pretty damn good. Yep. DC movies. Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> but Suicide Squad. Yeah, actually, the air, the way Ares was depicted in that mm. was super interesting. Yeah, Ares is probably my favorite. It's hard not for him not to be my favorite yeah. woman villain because yeah. it's Ares. It's Ares, God of War. Yeah. Because uh, he has a purpose. He does. And he has a drive. Yep. And sure, maybe it's counter to what Wonder Woman wants, but he's not doing it because he's evil. He's doing it because he's the he god asserted, of war. He's asserted that humanity is evil. That's that's what he's got to do. Yep. So, kill stuff. Kill stuff. Also war. War, war, war. Yeah. War time. man. Solomon Grundy? Yeah, he's interesting. I, I enjoy him. Yeah. He's interesting, but that... He's never been interesting enough to bring me in... Was not used very often yeah. or very well when he is. Yeah. It's just like, and there's Solomon Grundy. Brr. I'm a guy who fights stuff and is strong and is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that pretty much sums up every Solomon Grundy comic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when you think about like the big, big villains in DC, the ones that Brainiacs just, and Dark Sides. Yeah, and, like like Brainiac is Steppenwolf. Should be, in my opinion, Brainiac should be described like Galactus as sort of like this force that is coming and is unstoppable. So, how do you deflect that that force? Yeah, 
but because they, they rarely is, do that yeah they just defeat him they're like ah all is lost but don't worry i'll fly into the sun and now i'm ultra powerful um and then dark side which i actually really like thanos mm-hmm. i think thanos is interesting can uh, be can when be. he's used when he, right yeah, when he's used right he can be really interesting yeah um but dark side is just like no i'm a fucking evil dude yep I've been at war with good for millennia. I'm just going to keep being an evil dude. It's what I do. It's what I do. Punch. Punch. Also, I have omega rays, whatever that is. They're rays on the other side of alpha rays. <laughs> yeah, so like that's just, that's not interesting. I actually think it's funny when people are like, oh, DC has such good rogue galleries. But um. really? I don't find that there people are... People think Batman. Yeah. That people... when they say that, they're thinking Batman. They're yeah. thinking of Scarecrow and Joker and... But the thing with Batman's villains is the ba- Batman's villains are really great at evoking certain desires and fears that motivate. Yep. They're all motivated. Yep. But I don't find their motivations are that deep. I think the character... Some can be. Well, I was going to say, I think the character that does it best in Batman is actually Bane. Yeah, Bane is well balanced. Yeah, um, Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, yeah, she's very well balanced. You may not agree with what she's trying to do, but it makes sense. Yep. It's if she has a philosophy and she's following through on it. But like when you when we're talking about the big Batman villains that everybody knows, it's Joker. Which I like yeah. Joker being more depicted as a just a force of chaos. Yeah, and I I actually really like the force of chaos. Yeah, that. You don't need a whole bunch of villains like that, mm-hmm. but he is the best at it. Yeah, he is. He is. And, and Joker can be really good. Joker can be really entertaining. Joker can be really interesting. Yes. But he's not all the time. No. Um, and then there's Penguin, which is basically just a greedy businessman. Yeah. Um, but it, it makes sense. It does. The, the whole just, Cobblepot stuff, did, like, it's grounded again. It's yeah, not like... It's grounded. I just don't find it interesting. That's fair. Um, I like him, but Penguin, so... Yeah, but Penguin. Uh, Dr. Freeze is good. Lock Dr. Freeze. Yep. But they don't really use him anymore. No. No. Yeah. Poison Ivy? Fine. Fine. I feel like because they tacked on, like, sexuality to her character in the beginning, I kind of disconnected from it. Okay. I was like, okay, but why is... Like, if this is what she cares about, why is she being seductive? Yeah. Like, I understand it's a tool, but really it just seemed like an excuse to have boobs on a comic page. To be fair, Marvel does the same thing. (laughs) It it does, but... Tons. (laughs) But if we're talking... We're talking specifically about villains and trying to find them in the DC universe that we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have... Plenty complaints about Marvel's depiction of females. Yeah, that's not what this podcast's about. Not about it. Nope. Um, I'm on. I'm just trying to brainstorm. Uh, I don't like Doomsday. I jumped to Superman, obviously, because Batman would die. Um, yeah. immediately. Yep. Uh, despite what the movie pretended. I guess the to other do. one that people always talk about with DC is Lex Luthor. And Lex, yeah. Lex Luthor is hit or miss. Same with Joker for me. Depends I guess, how he's done. I, I guess my problem is it's not consistently shown. No. 
is because I we've 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 said several that I'm that we're like oh this can be interesting this can be good, but it's really not consistent. No, they're not um, consistent. And but it's the same as with Doctor Doom, yeah. right? You throw Doctor Doom into Fantastic Four comics from the eighties, yeah. yawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, except for the hilarious jokes. Oh, sure, but. <laughs> Every pre- every idea is the same. Here's my technology plan that is going to work. Aw, yeah. I got stopped. I got stopped. And now I'm at the Watcher's place on the moon, and I've taken over. Aw, I got, I got stopped. stopped. It, yeah. Um, so dep- depictions across all comics. Yeah. If we're sticking modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Joker's pretty good across the board. Yeah. Um, trying to think of another Superman villain other than Lex Luthor that's interesting, but I don't find Superman interesting. Yeah, at the I mean, best of times, I think so. the, the one people will bring up is Zod. Sure. But really, that is a one-note story, and sometimes they decide to tell that story again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He's good in his one-note story. He is good. But he is good. Bleh. Yeah. Um. Martian Manhunter does. Ma- Martian Manhunter doesn't have his own rogues gallery. No, he doesn't. Because he was all. He was the... He's the last Martian. Yeah. So... Well, he was also sort of built to bring the Justice League together. Yeah. That's his purpose. Sits in the watchtower doing stuff. Yep. What are you doing, Martian Manhunter? I'm watching this woman go to the bathroom. And eating Oreos. (laughs) Because he loves Oreos. Yeah. (laughs) Loves them Oreos. Uh... We missing anybody big from DC villain wise? Uh, well, what's Hawkman and Hawkgirl? Any villains there? Memorable ones? Yeah. Not really. Sorry to anyone who reads a lot of Hawkman. Yeah, I I find that Black Adam. Uh, Black Adam is interesting. Yeah. But I don't think they do enough with him. Movies coming, yeah. so they might start doing more. Yeah. I I feel like he is interesting because he's a villain that is actually on par. With a lot of the heroes. Yeah. Power wise. Oh, yeah. Whereas, I'm sorry, most of the heroes in DC are never in danger of losing. No. Like, if you know that power sets. Other than Batman. Yeah. I guess that's what why a lot of people enjoy Batman. Because yeah. he's just a rich dude good at martial arts with gadgets. Yeah. And why Superman's boring. Because he's a god. Well, it's the same with, like, I like Wonder Woman. But Wonder Woman is never in danger of losing. Like, maybe against Ares. Yeah, maybe against Ares, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, she's half god, so yeah. yeah. Aquaman's in danger. He's super strong, but yeah, there's ways to get through that. Yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah, because there's other lanterns and things out there that are stronger. Yeah. But it's, it's like, like Hawkman's got a belt. Yeah, you, you could probably take Hawkman out well, pretty I mean, easy. It's in Hawkman's mythos that he dies and gets reincarnated. Yeah, that's the whole point. So, <laughs> see you in another twenty years, Hawkman. Hawkman. All right, we should uh, we should throw an ad in because this is almost a full podcast in itself. Okay, and we want to do that other thing. Sure. So, is there anyone else you wanted to mention? I, I think we've gone through the big seven. Of DC. Yeah. And then Marvel, we've oh, mentioned... Oh, uh, Green Arrow? Did we miss anyone with Green Arrow? Uh, I've never read Green Arrow, so I can't comment, really. Okay. Yeah. I haven't either. That's why I'm like, meh? I think there's another guy who uses bow and arrow, but... 
The anti-archer? Yeah, I don't know. I'm the evil archer. He has, a, like, a Bartok the Leaper mustache uh, or something. Yeah, I don't know. Sweet? Yeah, sweet <laughs> sweet stash, man. <laughs> All right. Our second half is going to be brought to you by Pickles the Cat Clown. Are you throwing a party or event for your cat? Is your corporate retreat needing a boost of excitement? Pickles can offer you a refreshing and new performance, including balloon work, acrobatics, and hilarious one-of-a-kind naps. That's Pickles the Cat Clown. And we're back. We are. From now, the beyond. As that first section took longer than anticipated, <laughs> because we can both talk about that. Yeah. And only kind of scratched the surface. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do that second half now. Yeah. So what I have done, uh, I will put a link for the article I'm using exactly, so everyone listening can go take a look at the panels and the pictures and that sort of stuff to see it. But I have a list of the 17 worst and weirdest Marvel supervillains of all time. Sticking with Marvel. Yep. No DC on this list. Yeah. Uh, specifically because that would be much harder to do what we're planning on doing, which <laughs> is I'm going to give Jeremy the name of the villain. Yeah. And then he is going to try and guess who it was a villain for. Yes. And what their power set is. Yeah. Okay, hit, hit me with... Number 17, Sean. Number 17 is the one that I have shown you, so it'll ease you oh, into I this. Oh, I totally forgot about it already. Awesome. <laughs> it's the guy that kind of looks like Skeletor, the Living Eraser. Right, right. Okay. Um, so the Living Eraser, clearly he can remove things from reality. Yep. Or, or he can remove memories. I'm going to go with memories. Oh. He, can, he can do memory removal. And I'm going to say he was a villain... Oh man, this is so hard. <laughs> Who is he a villain for? Um, I'm gonna say he is a villain for the Fantastic Four. Okay. The Living Eraser is one of Hank Pym's lesser-known villains. Damn, Ape Man. <laughs> Damn. Or uh, Giant Man, I guess. <laughs> and his power set exactly matches that of an actual eraser. <laughs> he can make things disappear with his mind. Uh, so the panel you will see in the thing, if you guys go to the thing, the the website that I'm linking, is he is erasing some sort of ice cream man from existence. No! With his brain. Uh, uh, he's also very connectable because he is an alien from Dimension Z. Okay. Uh, whose purpose is to try and capture Giant Man or the Wasp. Uh, then at one point he tried to kidnap She-Hulk. Makes sense. And uh, that's what he did. I mean, it's kind of hard to kidnap somebody if your powers are racing. Yes, yeah, that's all he could do. It's yeah. just a race. I'm so going to kidnap you, punch. Ow! I'm going to make you disappear. But if I do that, then I can't ki- capture you. Damn. I have should've, been foiled. I should have thought this contract through. <laughs> so that's a 60s villain, obviously, okay, yeah. because it's... The Living Eraser. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do better on the next one. I mean, I kind of got it. You you had the right idea for his power set. Yeah. You had it first, and then you went with memories, which was way more interesting. interesting. Yeah. You have to remember, these these are are the worst. These are bad villains, right? Number 16. The Kangaroo. The Kangaroo? 
Oh, yeah. Okay, so clearly this is a villain that has some sort of pouch they can pull things out of. They have an Australian motif. Yeah. Maybe they have either boxing gloves or a boomerang. Uh, and who would they be a villain for? Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man villain. You nailed the villain. Like, who is the villain for? <laughs> yeah. Because only Spider-Man would get somebody this awful. Yeah. But you dramatically overthought his power set. He is able to jump slightly higher than normal. He's <laughs> just a high jumper? He's good at jumping. <laughs> Does he have a fanny pack pouch? Um, no. He's kind of dressed like classic Wolverine. You're right. He's just a guy that can jump. Yeah. That, get, that's it. Get wrecked by Spider-Man, apparently. He hung out with kangaroos. Uh, so he comes to America to try and steal a scientific specimen, which turns out to be a bacteria. Then he gets stopped. Okay. Well, at least I got one of the two things right. <laughs> you nailed Spider-Man. Nailed Spider-Man. Now, how do you feel about Paste Pot Pete? Paste Pot Pete. Paste Pot Pete. Okay, so clearly he uses glue. Okay. Out of some sort of pot. Sure. Um, who, man, villain for that. Uh, he actually, for the record, has been used more recently. Like, he originally debuted in the 60s and then came back more recently under a different name. Okay, well, that doesn't help me at all. Captain America? He's a Fantastic Four villain. Okay. Although, more recently, under the name The Trapster. <laughs> Ooh. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, but you got his power set, right? He has a glue gun. <laughs> it's real good glue. Real good glue. He's super sticky, and <laughs> he uses it to rob banks, because... He invented the greatest glue ever, so instead of selling it, he's like, I'll make money by being evil. <laughs> no one will ever want my super good adhesive. <laughs> People don't use glues. Why no. would they? There are staples. <laughs> <sighs> so far, so good? So far, so good. I mean, I'm, I'm batting pretty good, I feel like. Yeah, well, you're two for six. Yeah. So third, you're batting three thirty-three. Yeah. That's pretty good for baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's great for baseball. <laughs> Which is asbestos lady's favorite sport. <laughs> I actually don't know. Lady? That. Yeah, it's asbestos lady. Okay, so. Oh man, it depends on the era because if this is before they knew asbestos was bad, then she has insulatory powers. Pre forty, like forties and pre. Okay, so this is clearly about heat. Some something about heat is her power, probably using asbestos to, like, overheat people. I guess that's my guess. Okay. Um, and what villain is? She? Oh man, villain. Uh, I have no idea, so I'm just gonna throw out Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have carried through on your thought because asbestos is an insulator yeah right yeah so asbestos lady wraps herself in asbestos that way she's impervious to johnny storm of the fantastic oh Four. yeah okay she's fireproof so uh and also so cancer ridden yeah but she also has a gun 
Oh. So she's literally a lady who goes to rob places wrapped in an asbestos suit with a gun and so a mask. specifically the Human Torch cannot stop her. Right. <laughs> so as long as the Thing, the Invisible Woman, and, and Mr. Mr. Fantastic, Fantastic don't, show don't up. go. Yeah. <laughs> lady, think it through. Well, they didn't know about asbestos when yeah. she was a character. One thing, even if, like, you're only immune to one of the Fantastic Four. There's four of them. It's in the name. <laughs> they'll, they'll be busy. Doctor Doom has probably got some science machine that the other three have to deal with. <laughs> uh, they actually brought her back into the Marvel Comics universe for an epilogue where she died of lung cancer. Yep. Because that they thought sense. maybe they should do that. Yep. Okay. She was clearly not an egghead. Like, egghead. Okay, egghead. Okay, he's just a gangster with a big egghead. Which means that he's a street-level villain, probably. Okay. Um, he's probably part of the Magia, because there's already Hammerhead in Junk. True. So that means it's either a Spider-Man, Daredevil, or, like, Heroes for Hire villain. Okay. So that's what you're going that's with? That's what I'm going with. He is a super smart dude who has a weird egg-shaped head. Damn! He is an Ant-Man villain ah. who builds a machine to communicate with the ants to try and compete with, with Hank ants. Pym with for Man. dominion over, over the ants. ants. Uh, but it fails. <laughs> well, obviously. I guess that makes sense. Egghead, Eggman. Yeah. But he's like, so he's super smart. He's a scientist. You but he foiled is... me, old timey lingo. But he's also did work for a series of crime lords. Ah. So and then is eventually, the crime lords try and get him to assassinate Ant Man. Ah. So you weren't too far off Wasn't with that concept. Yeah. That was a point two. Yeah. Point two of a point. How are you feeling so far? Oh, this is so hard. Is it fun though? Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, so hard though. It is really hard. Just as hard as fighting Sugar Man would be. Okay, so Sugar Man uses sugar. He has a special sugar that he ingests that makes him better. Or it's a sugar that is very addictive. And he's distributing on the streets and controls people with it. Okay. Those are the two things I'm thinking for Sugar Man. Okay. Um, and this just seems really ridiculous. So... Fantastic Four? So, Sugar Man is... Oh, no, I know who Sugar Man is! Oh? Sugar Man is a villain for the X-Men in the Age of Apocalypse. He's this round guy with really strong arms, and yep. he runs the prison system. Nailed it. Bam, I know that That's one. That's Sugar Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knew that one. I don't know if that's good or not. <laughs> well, X-Men was what I grew up on. Yeah, and, Age, and of Age of Apocalypse isn't a... That's a good storyline. It's a fine story. They brought him back multiple times, actually. And he's he's in the main Marvel Universe now. I don't know after, like, Secret Wars if he's there. Yeah, I'm but, not sure. But, um, yeah, they brought him in, and he's been in several video games, too. That's true, he's yeah. He's a pretty popular X-Men villain. Because he's weird. In terms of media. But he's literally just a dude who kind of has Ant-Man style powers where he can grow and yeah. shrink and stuff and has yeah. lots of arms and is yeah. ugly. And... Mostly, like, he doesn't even really shrink and grow that much in the comics. It's mostly he's strong and has four arms. So there you go. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed that one. Turner D. Century. Turner D. Century. Not wow. kidding. 
Turner okay, so I'm just going to say Fantastic Four villain, and clearly he's a time traveler from the future trying to make profit over his future tech in the modern era. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. So, Turner D. Century is his entire reason for becoming a villain yeah. is because he is frustrated by modern society's lack of manners. <laughs> okay, continue. He was raised by a millionaire stepfather who raised him in a fantasy construct of the early 20th century. So he believes he grew up in the Edwardian era. Gotcha. And he's been lied to his entire life. So then he becomes a supervillain. He has no superpowers. So he invents a device called the Horn of Time designed to kill anyone under the age of 65. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh... But because he's actually just a dude with a handlebar mustache and a boater hat, it does not succeed. Ah, yeah. Yeah. As for who he fought against, nobody. Doesn't say. He just kind of failed. (laughs) That's what he did. Yeah. Because that's what he did. Okay. Feel good? Uh, About Turner D. Century? That's a pretty bad villain. Yeah. And a pretty bad pun. And uh, we are now in the top ten of this list. Starting with Flag Smasher. How do you even smash a flag? <laughs> okay, this is this has got to be a Captain America villain. Yeah, I won't even I won't even stretch that out. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a Captain America villain. Yes, uh, and I'm just gonna say that he's an anarchist who wants to topple the government and countries as a whole. I feel like that's it. I don't think he has powers. I think he's just a guy. Yeah. Bang on. You, you nailed that one. Yeah, Flag Smasher <laughs> hates all nationalities and is an advocate for world peace through the abolition of all borders and government states. An anarchist. And of course, in order to do that, he resorts to terrorism. Yeah. Good job, Got me. It. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. So, up next yes. is the Matador. Okay, so clearly... Some sort of misdirection is going on. He probably has a sword. Probably has a Spanish theme. He probably has a red cape. Um, he probably does petty crimes. I don't think he has superpowers. He's just good at misdirection. Okay. And I'm going to say Spider-Man villain. Oddly enough, he is a Captain America villain. Ah, that was my second guess. He is literally just a matador who decides to turn to a life of crime. Yes! <laughs> Yes. So 500. <laughs> that That's all he does. Basically, he's just looking for some lost treasure. Um, that's it. Yeah. Okay, the lost treasure angle would angle more towards Captain America. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't give you that. Yeah. So that's, that's fair. Yeah. Leapfrog. Leapfrog. Okay, so this is clearly somebody who has jumping ability. Right. Um... He probably tries to jump over people or onto people using maybe some sort of device, but maybe he can just do it. Okay. I think Spider-Man. Most most of the animal-based old villains are Spider-Man villains. Okay. Um, he is an inventor. Yeah. Who develops a set of coils to create jumping springs. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, and he is a daredevil villain. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's pretty close to Spider-Man. He ends up in prison because he's just a dude with springs. And doesn't have all the boxing experience of Daredevil. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas his son later yeah. takes the suit and becomes Frogman. Oh, huh. A hero. Cool. So it paid off? I guess. I guess. This one's pretty well known, so I feel like you may already know who Stiltman is. Yeah, Stiltman, uh, part of the Armor Wars, created a suit that basically could double as extendable stilts. Yep. Iron Man villain. Uh, and Daredevil. Yeah, but Iron Man initially. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that was too easy. That was very easy. Typeface? Type? Yeah, typeface. Okay. Well, I guess maybe he's a robot? Some sort of automaton? And... That means he's probably an offset, like, punch of an Iron Man villain, maybe? Okay. That's what I'm going with. That's what you're going with? There's not a lot of draw from from typeface. Uh, well, he's a villain-turned-vigilante. He's very similar to a Punisher type. Okay. Um, he was a U.S. soldier who his brother is killed in action. Okay. He returns home and his wife leaves him. Yeah. Uh, and he works as a sign smith, so he makes signs and things. Uh, but he's fired, so in a rage he starts putting those uh, letters from his signs all over his face and getting revenge on the world as typeface. Typeface. Until... Spider-Man convinces him that he's being stupid. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty... It's pretty dumb. Yep. Pretty dumb, man. Yep. It sure is. But is it as dumb as Rocket Racer? Rocket Racer. Um, okay, so clearly that's guy who either has rocket boots or a, a rocket that he flies around in. Okay. <laughs> uh, he robs banks... Probably. Okay, it's either he robs banks or he tries to steal technological things. So I'm saying this isn't either an Iron Man villain or, like, a street hero. Spider-Man, Daredevil, Luke Cage villain. Okay. Yeah, he is a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. Uh, he has a cool skateboard that's okay, got yeah. some rockets so on it. So not like rocket skates, but... No, he's, he's got a rocket skateboard. Yeah, so this is a 90s villain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much else to him. That's yeah. what he does, is try and rob stuff by rocket skateboarding. Around. <sighs> Number four. Number four. Big wheel. Big wheel. Okay, this is the guy that drives around in either a big truck or just a big wheel, like Axel from Twisted Metal. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm saying this is an Iron Man villain. It's got It's got technology in it. I feel like it's got to be... They're going to pretend it's advanced technology in the comic, which means it's Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He is actually a daredevil villain. Ah, curses! Who used to be a bully of Matt Murdock when he was a kid, who went to the Tinkerer to get him to make essentially a wheel. Yeah. That he rides around in. Like Axel. Yeah. (laughs) Well, his name is actually Axel Wheel. Ah... Should have named him Wheel Axel. <laughs> I could have. 
that just doesn't have the same. Just lean into it next time, sweet Marvel. Sweet feel <laughs> about. Uh, okay, what's number three, Sean? Batrock the Leaper. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, originally a Captain America villain. Uh, he's just a good martial artist. Pretty much. He does have yep. a code of honor. Yep. Um, but he gets hired out for a bunch of stuff. He appears against like the X-Men and Wolverine and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's fairly well known. Yeah. Not a great supervillain. No. I mean, he's basically just a mercenary with no morals. Yeah. I don't know that he's the worst or weirdest. No. But he's kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of weird. He shows up a lot, and you're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ruby Thursday. Oh, this is a Luke Cage villain, I think. Oh, no, no, maybe not. I feel like this is a Luke Cage villain, and she's like a voodoo person, but maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Uh, I think you might be thinking of a different one. Yeah. Because... If I'm just going to go off the name, though. Okay. Ruby Thursday is... A female thief who only robs banks on Thursdays so that she can have a good weekend. That, and that would make her a that, Spider-Man villain. That makes her sound more like a and d character that you would play. Yeah. Like an RPG I mean, character. Yeah, but that's all the name gives me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, she has a computer instead of a brain. So the computer can transform her into different shapes. So instead of a human head, she has a big red ball. So she wears a very low-cut, essentially, cat suit yeah. and transforms her head into weird things in order to do stuff? Weird. <laughs> that is strange. That is very strange. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about yeah. that one. Yeah. So, number one, who you may know, actually, okay, is Camistro. Uh... I feel like that's just a chemistry knockoff of Mysterio. So, Spider-Man? <laughs> He's got an alchemy gun. Uh, that is not what I was expecting. He's like in a battle suit. Yep. And he's got an alchemy gun that can literally turn lead into gold. But instead of doing that, he uses it to take revenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Con that's a constant villain trope. Revenge. Yep. Well, it's just you could turn lead into gold. Go get some lead. Be rich. Be rich. Be happy. Buy all of your enemies' property. Th yeah, that solves all of it. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of money now, too, but... That's true. Hostile takeover. That's bad, right? Yeah. 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 I uh, I clicked on a 10 worst supervillains list. Yeah. That was outside of that. They're mostly DC... And it's, although, to be fair, Turner D. Century did make this list as well. Uh. <laughs> but there's an awful lot of awesome in here. Like, <laughs> like Kite Man. Oh, yeah. From Batman. Batman. The Hypno Hustler. Batman. Late 70s Spider-Man. Uh. Crazy Quilt. Oh, yeah. Batman. Batman. The Fisherman. Batman. Aquaman. Uh, oh, that makes sense. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Polka Dot Man, as you were talking about before. Batman. Uh, Turner D. Century, Calendar Man. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that's also Batman, I think. It sure is. Yeah. Pace Pot Pete. Yeah. Matador. Yeah. And perhaps the greatest of them all, Condiment King. 
that Batman too? It sure is. <laughs> Everyone talks about how great Batman's rogues gallery is. Apparently not. But if you just have to ignore about 30 Batman villains. Yeah. Crazy quilts. Well, that's it. Yeah. Mr. You, Mr. and Mrs. Internet are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions to just have a good old chat like today. Yeah. Uh, want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at Mighty Fuse. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we are at Guys From Podcast. Email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com or Facebook us at The Guys From. Yeah. If you enjoy The Guys From Podcast, tell anyone you can any way you can. And the best thing you can do to help us get the word out there is to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We are available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including the Blueberry app, Player FM, Two Thumbs Up Media, Stitcher, you name it, we're probably there. Hey, Jeremy, is there anything you wanted to plug? Yeah, there is. Um, everybody knows Scott Kurtz from the comic PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he also does a comic called Table Titans. Hmm. And for people who are maybe uh, intimidated for getting into D&D or any other sort of role-playing game, I recommend going to the website. Uh, you can read the comics. It goes over several different groups um, and has an evolving storyline that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, also... Uh, people submit stories so you can go through and read about stuff that has happened at actual people's tables and the ridiculousness that usually happens during a role-playing game um, so yeah it's great you there's some cool merch there if you're really into it and uh, they're working on releasing a setting for an RPG as well so hey, cool. uh, lots of interesting stuff to go there um, like I said check it out or if somebody's not sure about what role-playing is all about it's a resource you can show them to. Yep. Um, for lots of stories and also a, uh, a medium for them to enjoy if they like reading comics. So that's mine. Plug. Sean, what about you? What are you into? Well, first off, on our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this Turner D. Century fan podcast, <laughs> we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every day, throwback tracks every Thursday, gaming, movies, The Simpsons, South Park, you name it. We probably write about it. Also, if you're looking for horror news, interview, or reviews, head to iHorror.com. Or if you want to see what I'm up to with iHorror, check out the Instagram feed. And also, I mentioned it a few times, but if you do like Doctor Doom and you have a chance, do check out that Doctor Doom as Iron Man series. It's really quite interesting, and it's quite easy to find. A special thanks to The Sweets for our opening music. Check them out at wearethesweets.com, and also to Kevin, Kevin McCloud for our ad music, Overcast, and our takeout music called Fearless First. This has been episode 177 of the Guys From Podcast. We just love Turner D. Century so much here. Almost as much as an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Jeremy. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by Spandex. Spandex. Almost all of them are wearing it, except for Turner D. Century. The guy's got style. Worked it out. <laughs> One of us should go as Turner D. Century for Halloween. Oh no, that's so bad. Nobody would get it. Nobody would get it. It would be great. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna go for Halloween as anybody with a mustache, I need a partner and I'm gonna do Andy's from Hot Fuzz. Okay, that's pretty great. Yeah. And I'm also gonna carry a plastic trash bin that I can throw at people. 